Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Daniel. Hello. And Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. Today we're going to be talking to you about uh, Warner Brothers plans for 2022, the new Star Trek film that's currently uh, in development, Netflix's new sweet deal with Sony, and LeVar Burton getting all over Jeopardy. But first, Jonathan, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? What have you been reading? Ooh, so I have been reading a couple couple books uh, that we got. Was it donated by the by the creators? By the publisher. Don't talk about them yet because we're going to give those away at the end. So I want to make sure okay. we talk about them then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, other than that, I haven't been reading much. Uh, <laughs> I finished Ready Player Two, which was really good. I highly recommend it. Even if you haven't read the first book, watch yeah. the first movie. Or if you haven't watched the first movie, just dive into it. Really good. Um, but lately, I've been playing Satisfactory. Yes. Um, really good. I barely get much time in it. Newborn baby and all. Um, but I'm you know, loving the game. I want to get back to Minecraft, but I was listening to last week's podcast that I unfortunately couldn't make, but you guys were talking about Magic the Gathering. Is this happening? Are, are we getting back into Magic? Because I will, <laughs> I I will forgot about dig, that. I will dig my cards out of storage, and I, maybe, I, maybe I need to get some updated ones, but if we could get a way to play that every once in a while, I would be totally down. Here we go. Get ready. Siri, remind me tomorrow to text the guys about Magic the Gathering. All right. Siri knows she controls my life. This is how things work for me. I wonder how many of our audience members now have a reminder in their phone. (laughs) (laughs) Good. That'll remind everybody to go play some uh, Magic the Gathering. Uh, I am on board for this. I found a couple of my decks, and I'll go Mm. buy a new one. Matter of fact, Mm. ooh, you know what? I'm going to my comic book shop today to go buy my uh, my monthly comics that are pulled aside. Uh, I'll talk to them about... uh, when they're doing tournaments and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and and we'll talk to them about magic because they're yeah. real big about magic over there. Apparently, that's what keeps the doors open. <laughs> I was like, I, de- guys. I definitely need a refresher. We have to do a couple practice rounds, or something like that, because I don't remember all the rules. But I got yeah. fun to try again. The keys did not play with Daniel in that son of a bitch green deck. Yes, <laughs> hey, I found my deck <laughs> and I found the extra cards I have too. But uh, we could do it on Discord. We just yeah. gotta, you know, just turn the camera towards your the table. And then we could just play if you guys want to. Like, I'm always down. Yeah. I'm down for that. I'm down. To, uh, we'll figure it out. That's for sure. And, and yeah, Frank, you had, you had a certain deck that I I couldn't stand because you were able to keep re- reviving your goblins or something like that, right? Yeah. Was and my goblins deck, deck. What it was is it was designed to pull more goblins out of the deck. So mm-hmm. as soon as you you'd get the goblin king out there and he could pull more goblins out and then you just kind of like stack this like goblin army would start coming at you. A couple of them would build walls too. So they were like, just a Harder ton of little goblins them. and a wall to protect them the entire time. It works great until you have something that has trampled. It can go right through your walls. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess this game's unfair. So. <laughs> Rigged. I got Rigged. You. All right, so that's playing, uh, watching. I've watched a movie. I went to the drive-ins, which I love now. I, I hadn't gone in so many years now. I, I feel like I go all the time. I uh, went and saw the movie Nobody. It has, um, I can't remember the, the actor's name, but What's Better Call Saul. Okay, Bob uh, Odenkirk. That guy, yeah. It's got him. Uh, and it's kind of like Falling Down or, you know, one of those movies where somebody gets pushed to their breaking point. But he was a former CIA or something like that. It's a it's a pretty entertaining movie, though when you look at the writing and just the, the story in general, it's not very well written. But it was fun to watch. It's, it's very much like a made-for-TV kind of Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of, you know, TNT channel movie. But uh, yeah, yeah. Fun to, fun to watch. I watched it just because of the actor that's in it, but uh, we went and saw that. And I just watched Thunder Force. I was telling you guys yesterday, uh, it's on Netflix. That was really good. I liked Wasn't that really. a lot. 
I do have, uh, maybe we'll do a review for it or something, because I do have a couple yeah. keynotes that I think would change it a lot, make it a whole lot better. But other, you know, other than those key items, I think the movie in general is really good. At the end, we'll do a quick review for it, okay? And give it, you could drop a grade on it and everything like that, okay? Sounds good. Oh, also been watching Arrested Development and Snowpiercer, the series. I'd never started watching it tonight. I saw the movie before. Yeah. Just binged the whole series. It is phenomenal. I can't wait for Mom's a big fan of that. She's like yeah. crazy about Snowpiercer. She's telling me about it. I'm like, yeah, I'll just throw it on the pile of other stuff I'm trying to watch. But oh, yeah. You got to take time. It is. I was like, I can't wait for the next episode. Me and Susie would watch it together and we'd always watch at least two episodes because it was so good. And then, mm. we, you know, it's just like Game of Thrones where you can't wait to get to the next one because there's so much. So much character development and so much going on in each episode. It's just, it it gets out of control, but it's really cool. Yeah. That is so, cool. Sorry. That's all the stuff I'm playing watching. What about you guys? Uh, you got a heck of a good list there. I'm also playing Satisfactory myself. Uh, I'm, I'm diving into oil production all week long, and that's what we're going to be streaming is making oil production. I am I'm going for the turbo fuel recipe mm-hmm. still. I got to find that. Uh, so far last behind night, you. Well, well <laughs> the thing is I stream it too, so that helps a lot. It's intense. <laughs> Watching wise, um, Bob's Burgers. I've been I've been rewatching Bob's Burgers right now, so that's always good. That show is so freaking well written; it's ridiculous. Uh, you're just like, how how do they come up with this? How do how do they develop such great characters? Uh, it's better than some of these high budget films and stuff like that. So really, really good. Daniel, you had some good news about World of Warcraft. What's going on over there, man? Uh, yeah. So uh, been playing World of Warcraft. I swapped classes. I'm going back to resto healing because I am dog shit on uh, enhancement. <laughs> I can't melee DPS. At least you own Thank it. You. I like that. I like yeah. That. yeah I mean, that is always nice a lot of people blame so many well players won't. Yeah, exactly. So doing that, uh, still raging on Call of Duty uh, mm-hmm. and really honestly just waiting for the new MMOs coming out. Uh, I'm waiting for Bless Unleashed uh, to finally re- get released on PC this year. Amazon's game to try. I want to play that. Uh, yeah, right now I'm just honestly waiting for all these MMOs to come out so I could try them out and have fun. There's another one too, like Ashen World or something like that, that uh, Kyle was talking about yeah. in our Discord last night. That uh, Ashen's really Creation, for. I think. Yeah, that, that sounds right. That sounds That's right. Something yeah. like that. Uh, that one looks pretty good too. Uh, if that is the t- title. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just. I want to try a new MMO. That's that's really what I want to play. Uh, yeah, Wow's Wow, and Final Fantasy's Final Fantasy. So that's pretty much all I'm doing right now. Just I'm just driving through those MMOs. That's good yeah. stuff. All right. Um, this episode of Geek Freaks is brought to you guys by our patrons. We want to thank Kevin, Scott, Sunny, Banshee Shooter, and Fly Pirate for your patronage. Uh, also. We have the next Oscar poll live now. Head to our Twitter to participate. We're currently voting for Best Villain. So your contenders are Dr. Robotic from Sonic, Adrian Griffin from The Invisible Man, Andre Sater from Tenet, and Cheetah from Wonder Woman. Uh, Of that list, what was your guys' favorite villain from the last year? I got to be honest. I haven't seen... Well, I saw Wonder Woman. I haven't seen any of those other movies. Oh, really? (laughs) That's pretty bad. I know I, I'm a fan of movies in here. I haven't seen almost any, or yeah, pretty much any of those. Oh, so probably uh, Cheetah for you then. <laughs> yeah, I liked uh, I like Doctor Robotnik. Honestly, yeah. he was a great villain mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, and Jim Carrey did a freaking amazing job playing him. Uh, Cheetah was just garbage, and they shouldn't <laughs> tell you even came out with that movie. Yeah. So, 
My vote is also Dr. Robotnik. And I loved how much it felt like old school Jim Carrey. Like, man, this is this is the Jim Carrey I grew up and loving. And uh, he did a really good job. He, he's the reason more than anything else that I'm excited for the next Sonic movie. All right, we're going to go ahead and get into the news. Warner Bros. says 2020 movies will go back to theaters. So uh, this year, the 2021 year, they said like, oh, hey, everything's coming out to HBO Max. Um, for comparison of what this looks like, this hybrid release, Godzilla vs. Kong, this is our first kind of post or end of pandemic success. It has a 40 million, 48 million uh, first week in the hybrid or in the uh, markets. Uh, that's not including, of course, like HBO Max subs. I particularly have kept up my HBO Max sub because I was like, well, I want to make sure to watch Godzilla versus King Kong. Are you guys excited for for movies to return to the theaters? Yeah, I I, I prefer to watch movies in theaters rather than watching yeah. them on the streaming service at home. It's comfortable at home and everything. Mm-hmm. Main thing is right now it's safe, so you don't have to worry, obviously. Um, so as things start to open back up and, you know, vaccinations and people feel comfortable, uh, I think it'd be great to just get back into that routine and go into the movies because there's a whole hype around it. You buy the popcorn and maybe you play in the arcade, you go meet up with friends that you don't get to see very often and, you know, you make an experience out of it. Uh, but that being said, I don't know if people are going to gravitate towards going to movies that have already been released to Daniel. Do you know what the first movie is you're going to see in theaters? I'll start things off for you while you think about this. I cannot wait to see Black Widow. I was just going to watch it at home, but I'm getting that itch. It's funny because my tone of my tone in the situation is different from last year. Last year, I was like, I'm good for at home releases forever, but it's been so long. I cannot yeah. wait to go to a theater and enjoy myself again. I think I'm going to treat myself. Black, uh, Black Widow will be my very first movie back into the theaters to get my popcorn. And I'm going to kick my feet up because we have recliners here in this in California. And uh, oh, I cannot wait. So what's your first one back? If Spider-Man comes out in theaters, uh, the third, third, uh, will that be out? I wonder it will theaters? be in theaters. It will be a long time before it comes out, though. You got like yeah. another year and a half, uh, maybe two years. Wait. I feel like Black Widow is not the one that I would want to go see at theaters. You already know oh, me. No. I, I didn't yeah. really care to go to theaters anyways. Like the next Avengers. You want something big, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I want something big. <laughs> I don't want like some like side character kind of thing. Yeah. Daniel's the kind of guy that was like, man, when this thing, when this pandemic hit and he had a reason to stay home all the time, he was like, look, if we got to do what we got to do, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I'll do my part for everybody, I guess. Real sacrifice I went, over here. I went here. to work like, hey, are you sure you don't want me to stay at home? Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I could definitely do it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I always have kind of a low grade fever anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> I think I should probably stay home. Yeah. <laughs> just keep paying me. <laughs> All right, we have an untitled Star Trek film in the works. It's expected June 9th, 2023. Jonathan, I know you're excited for this. Uh, Do you want the cast from the J.J. Abrams films? So I was thinking about this, and to me, it depends on the story drastically. So if if it continues from where the last one's left off, I didn't have any problem with the previous cast. I thought they did a pretty good job. I'm sure maybe, maybe, you know, they could have done a little bit better. I don't know, but I think they were pretty good. So I would keep them, but... If they decide they want to do a time shift or something like that, or or just change a setting or whatever, I would just get a whole new cast and not try to find a way to manipulate the way that you know they went through a dimension or something like that, and you know try to carry them on. I would, if you're gonna change it drastically, I would just get a new cast. Um, okay. But that being said, I have ideas of replacement cast members if they needed to recast them for some reason. Before you do that, are you yeah. trying to recast? Kirk and Spock 
or do you want like a whole new crew or do you want to go next generation on this? Oh, that so that's what I was thinking is if they had to be recast, like or even like if the actors didn't want to keep keep working or whatever, Kirk, Spock, uh, Bones, and Ahura okay. was the four I was thinking of that cool. we would perfect carry on a, a different crew. Um, so you want me to go through my list already? Yes, my, I do. My, oh yeah, suggestions. Oh, yeah. Okay. So actually, I gotta give you two, <laughs> two that kind of made me laugh, but they, maybe they're good ideas. I don't know. Because uh, I was talking to my wife about this, I was asking her, "Who do you think would be good for these characters?" Right for Kirk, because we watch Star Trek together now. Um, and she was looking through her phone. She's like, "What about uh, what about Chris Evans?" <laughs> and at first, I started laughing. And I was like, "Well, I mean, he's good. Everybody knows him, and so yeah. So maybe you know, I don't know, but." Uh, and then the other one was for Spock. She was like, I think Leonardo DiCaprio could play Spock. Oh, my God. What kind of budget <laughs> does she want for this thing? Yeah. I, was like, I, don't, I don't think that's going to pan out. But at least got to mention him. That That's interesting enough. Uh, yeah. So who I was thinking for Kirk, though, is his name's uh, Jesse Plemons. I don't know if you guys remember the Black Mirror episode where they have uh, it's all Star Trek episode. Uh, episode yes. of Black Mirror where they get, goes into his own you know copy of of reality or whatever and has people anyways that guy plays kirk on his version of the enterprise and he did a good job but it was kind of a cool episode so i was thinking that would be cool if they casted him as kirk in a future yeah. movie or something for spock i have uh freddie what's his name freddie highmore uh mm -hmm. the kid that plays the doctor on the good doctor you remember that show oh dude i do i, lo I love that show that was great yeah that's a really good choice he has that ability to kind of like subdue his emotion yeah, yeah. So I thought like that would be that'd be really cool. I mean, you need you know change his appearance slightly, but that'd be cool to see. Uh, Bones, uh, his name is Nicholas Holt, the guy that plays Beast in the new X Men series. Yes, and, and I'm and I'm trying to obviously go for a younger generation so that we have characters that are actors that can continue in this world for you know fifteen twenty years or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think I think that guy he, he already plays kind of a doctor, a scientist, and stuff like that. So I think he'd be. A good He's on a show Bones. called The Great. I suggest I can't suggest enough. If you're a fan of his, check out a show called The Great, mm -hmm. and it's him as Peter the Third from Russia, and he's such an arrogant jerk in that. It's so different than how he plays Beast. Beast, he's like a nice kid who's mm -hmm. just like, oh, I got powers. How awkward am I? And in The Great, he's just like, I'm gonna shoot your bear because it looks cool. And he shoots the like. He's just such <laughs> a jerk. Yeah, it's great. He's like, uh, oh god, what was the kid that Tyrion killed in Game of Thrones? Joffrey. Spoiler. Very uh, Joffrey. Joffrey, yeah. Like that like that douche? Yeah. Okay. Did Tyrion kill him? I don't even remember how. No, but they thought Tyrion killed him. Uh, okay, that's what it was. Uh, so last but not least is Ahura. I was thinking uh, Rosario Dawson, if you remember who she is. Oh, Good yeah. actress. She's in a, in a lot of stuff, but uh, she's the one that played Osaka Tano. I know. I, <laughs> I've said that wrong a million times. I think that's right. Or Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mandalorian. And she has been on record before saying that that her lifelong goal, or at least her acting goal, is to be in both Star Wars and Star Trek. Yes. So I was like, that would be really cool to get her in a new version of Star Trek. So that's my that's my people. That's my recommendations. That is some good ones. Um, Rosio Dawson, she might be a little bit too old to play. Well, unless they age up the cast a little bit, she'd be good there. But she is awesome, and she's always on board. So that's that is cool. Uh, all right, so I got a couple for you here. I want Tom Hardy to play Jean Luc Picard. Mm. So the reason I really want this is Tom Hardy's like the first time I ever noticed him was he played Jean Luc's clone in the Star Trek movie Nemesis. 
Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was actually my first <laughs> next generation. Like the first time I actually cared about next generation um, was that movie. It was so good. And he plays a clone in that. It's before he beefed up for like Bane. But so I'm assuming he could unbeef himself up a little bit. Kind of like, hey, work out a little less for a few <laughs> for a few weeks so that you can get more of that Jean-Luc Picard shape. But he did a really good job as it. In in uh, uh, Peaky Blinders, he's thinner again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's under a lot of coats though, so it kind of hides his his shape there. But <laughs> That's um, I was I, this is off topic. The guy from Peaky Blinders, I can't remember his name now, but 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 Tommy from Peaky Blinders, the main guy. Mm-hmm. I it just dawned on me how awesome of a Doctor Doom would he be as an MCU villain, like mm. fighting against the Fantastic Four and eventually the Avengers. He would be so good as Doctor Doom. True. Yeah, oh man, I love that. And then the other one, so I don't have a full cast, but for Spock, I would love to see Rami Malek. He's the one that played um, Freddie Mercury in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Oh, or okay. Mr. Robot. If you guys are familiar yeah. with Mr. Robot, he's the main character in that. Uh, he has that face that just kind of looks like real stoic and, and emotionless when he wants to. I think that would be really cool. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sad if they changed directors. I, as much as I do like J.J. Abrams, um, getting somebody who would probably return the series closer to what the Star Trek shows are but they're more about science and stuff like that and less about like awesome ship battles. Like those are fun, but that's Star Wars. So I wouldn't mind them changing directors, but JJ is great. It's just that, I don't know, I might be kind of getting a JJ fatigue as well. His mystery box thing's getting a little old for me. So I, I do have two recommendations for directors who are still directing and are from Star Trek. Are we? Uh, I know you all know Jonathan Frakes, who played, you know, yes, I do. Commander Riker. He is still directing. Right he was directing at least some Picard. I don't know. I don't know he if he directed all of it. He, uh, he directed uh, the finale too. The finale okay. of Picard, the one yeah. where he's in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so he would be phenomenal. Or uh, Robbie Duncan McNeil is Tom Paris. He's on the Delta yeah. Flyers podcast. He is still directing too. So that'd be great to get somebody from Star Trek to be directing in Star Trek. Jonathan Frakes is notoriously directing Star Trek. Like he, like that's the thing is, is he's actually kind of become the director in Star Trek. He just he directed a lot of the Next Gens as well mm-hmm. uh, in the later seasons, and he talks about how how it was like to to direct, you know, Patrick uh, Patrick Stewart and stuff like that, and how hard that uh, not hard, but like how awkward that was, you know, because he's like first off, he's Patrick Stewart, he's a legend. Plus, I've worked with this man for years now. So yeah. how different that was, but he's that is a very good choice. I would love to yeah. see his his and take first, on a film. And I, I know he directed First Contact. I don't know about the other Star Trek. I movies. think he might have done Nemesis too. Actually, yeah, I'm not positive. But I think he might have done Nemesis. If you haven't seen, have you seen Nemesis before, Jonathan? No. Oh, so I'm I, I'm afraid I don't want to. I have most of the Star Trek movies on DVD now, sitting on my shelf. But I'm going through the process of watching all the shows in order, so right. I don't want to watch the movies before I get to that point in the series. So. I'm Nemesis is so good. It's actually my favorite Star Trek film because it's just like, oh man, it's so good. Tom Hardy does a great job. It's a Romulan problem. So it, uh, I don't see much Romulans in the shows that I watch. So it's good to see like, oh man, good situation. The Romulans are badass. <laughs> you know? So it was really cool. Nice. All right, let's go ahead and dive into our next thing here. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is cast in Indiana Jones 5. Now, before we go too much farther, are you guys watchers of the show Fleabag on Amazon? It's a great show. No, nope. no. Okay, so we won't go too far into this. Those of you guys who are fans of Amazon's Fleabag, Phoebe is the main character in that show. She's excellent, very smart. Uh, can't wait to see what she does. She is joined by Harrison Ford in this film, but she's going to be the, the new female lead. Not that she's replacing Indiana Jones, but it kind of got me thinking, like, I think she'd be really good as a new Indiana Jones. It would make the show a little bit funnier. If you remember the old Indiana Jones, they, they did do things for laughs while they're still fighting Nazis, but they did things for laughs. 
And if they were to embrace that a little bit more, you kind of get a closer to a Guardians of the Galaxy version of Indiana Jones. Would you guys want a comedic version of Indies? No, definitely not. I think it's stupid. I like, like, I'm okay with like a little bit of laughs. Like, uh, he got he got knocked into something, and it's like, you know, a little dramatic. It cuts and the tension less than actual humor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that, but I want this film to be serious. Uh, I, I'm one of those guys. If I see a film with this actor, like, let's say Venom. I see uh, Tom Hardy as Venom. It's hard mm-hmm. to see another replacement. So it'd be impossible. Like I probably would refuse to watch the next movie if when when they replace Harrison Ford. Yeah, it's got to be at some point. Harrison's just he's getting too damn old. Yeah, and we've talked about this on the podcast yeah. multiple times and our replacements for him. Right. And I I just can't see. It's not. I'm not trying to say it's sexist or anything, but I can't see a woman, a woman taking over the film as Harrison Ford when it's Harrison Ford, uh, not Harrison Ford. Uh, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. When it's Indiana Jones, what, yeah, Indiana as Jones. actual Indy. Yeah, it's basically Tomb Raider. You're you're, you're, you're describing Tomb <laughs> yeah, Raider. Yeah, you're pretty much making a Tomb Raider, and at that point, then just why don't you guys just make her as Tomb Raider and you know make a Lara Croft film. They are, but yeah, yeah, it's like a kind of a funnier, a funny version of it, or like not like not as serious as Laura Croft is. Like, there's not a joke to be said. <laughs> that show is all about like curses and death, <laughs> or that film. I, I couldn't like. I feel like a lot of times when they do these little comedy films, when it's supposed to be more of a serious kind of movie, mm-hmm. I feel like it just ruins the movie. And I'm just like, why do you guys have to make it like? Yeah, it's hard. Like, I refuse to watch the Ant-Man movies because I knew really? it was like it was going to be like that. That's why I was like, ah, not going to waste my time. I'm just I don't need humor in my life. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, I do suggest you watch the Ant-Man movies. I don't like them. They're actually my least favorite MCU movies. They are still decent movies compared to like half the garbage that's out. So yeah, um, I do suggest you watch them just because they actually are pretty good. Uh, Jonathan, would you be down for like a Guardians of the Galaxy version of Indiana Jones. So definitely, and I disagree with most of what <laughs> most of what Daniel's saying. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Even though you guys last episode, by the way, I was the whole time I was listening to it, I wanted to chime in because there's so much that I agreed with and had additional stuff. But yeah, um, I think it would be great to do a little more of the family fun comedy kind of not not full blown comedy and not slapstick, but a little more of the family fun in the indie movies. Right. Because that's it's kind of built around that. It's not like you're saying it's not Laura Croft, it's not Tomb Raider, it's not that uh, you know Scorpion King kind of dark and horror at all. And I like, real quick, I like that you said Scorpion King and not Mummy, which is the movies that the Scorpion <laughs> King's a spinoff of, and is an Indiana Jones. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't know. That's what came to mind. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I like it to be more family friendly because like they have the kind of superhero um, playful music in the background all the time when there's the yeah. action sequence or a uh, uh, whatever, so, you know, they get shot at or something like that. You never really feel like they're truly in danger. It's more, you know, nobody's getting shot and their heads blowing up or something like that. It's somebody fell off the bridge and now they landed in water kind of, you know, it's, it's just a right. safe family, family friendly movie. So I think that would be fine to lean into that a little more. Um, I would do that definitely more than making it more of a hardcore action movie because I don't think that's yeah. what people are 
watching it for. That being said, I think a female role, a female lead would be great because that's very popular right now. And, you know, if mm-hmm. you're going to be changing leads, that's not a bad way to go. I, I really like, so I'm going to, I'm going to put my, my weight behind Phoebe myself uh, from, I, she is definitely budget friendly. Her personality and her intelligence really shows through. She's funny while being smart. To me, Guardians of the Galaxy is a great example. So is Pirates of the Caribbean. I think mm-hmm. that Indiana Jones could be like Pirates of the Caribbean, where as you're watching those, you're laughing along. And like, I mean, you know, Captain Jack was always hilarious. So you're laughing and you're enjoying the ride. And in Indiana Jones, the first movie was a little bit more serious. But two and three, especially three, up to the comedy. Him versus his dad the entire time. Sean Connery was hilarious. Uh, and then him with, uh, what was it? He had short round and then uh, the woman who, um, I can't remember her name, but like the banter back and forth while they're in such harrowing situations, that's the part you're laughing at. So mm. I actually think embracing the comedy side would be cool, especially since we have Uncharted and Tomb Raider doing so well right now. And both those take the serious role and just run with it. So I'm kind of on board with this. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with the female lead. I think that'd be a great idea. And you're right, it's it's a real hot move right now anyways. And we have such a great selection. They need more options. Why not? Go for it. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, next up, we have trusted leaker Jonathan. He's a French YouTuber. He reveals the next Assassin's Creed is going to be in the third crusade. Now, first off, Jonathan, this one, is uh, he's the one that, that broke the, Val, the Valhalla news. So he's he's actually ahead of the game on this kind of stuff. He is pretty well trusted. This will take after the, from what we know, will take after the events of the first game. It's during the Third Crusade, like the very first Assassin's Creed, but it'll be afterwards. So my question is, should they continue the Altair story then, since they're going back to the first game? Should they continue his story? Or should they make a new story, maybe from the opposite side from that first game? Daniel, you're an Assassin's Creed man. What do you think? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm an Assassin's Creed Oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant old school Assassin's I'm, Creed. Like, Jonathan's new school. You're old school. I'm more of a Ezio storyline kind of guy right, right, right. I, I like the etzo uh i feel like they should just stop stop going back i honestly think they should just stop making the series like i feel like they just at this point it's just they've already done a lot i didn't really care for the four uh, the first storyline too mm-hmm. it was very simple compared to later assassin's creed when they really stepped up their storytelling um the first Assassin's Creed was originally supposed to be meant to be a Prince of Persia game, uh, but they were like, "Look, we're changing the format so much in this; it doesn't feel like a Prince of Persia, so let's just make it its own thing." So it kind of was like a quick spinoff, almost. It didn't really get a full enough story. It has the you know the Golden Apple thing and stuff like that, uh, and it set up a really cool world, but it's a world that they don't really talk about anymore. They don't talk about that that whole. Templar battle as much anymore. Now they're more about the actual character that's in that time. Jonathan, you know from um from the one you just played. It would be cool to return back to that old story that way. I would like to learn more about the first generation that was here before humanity, to learn about Templars versus Assassins, that kind of stuff. It just I don't think we need any more of Altair's story. He wasn't a very good assassin, in my opinion, not compared to Ezio, who went in and just blew everything out the water. That guy was amazing. So it's it's a shame to not do that. Jonathan, would you, as a new Assassin's Creed fan, would you want to return to the old stories? That see, I don't know. I haven't played the old stories, and I know a lot of people like you know, like from two and on. Like you're saying, number one doesn't really have a great reputation, and I'm thinking maybe the creators had a great story in mind for one, and they just didn't have the ability to flesh it out. Maybe they want to build on it still and and finish something they started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, 
on our perspective on it is I, I kind of see what Daniel's talking about is there's a lot of games out there already. They're kind of, people are kind of getting fatigued with the same, you know, rinse and repeat kind of tweet yeah. the story or write a new story in the same uh, context or same platform or whatever. Uh, so what, what I'm thinking is what if they turn this into an MMO? What if at some point there's an Assassin's Creed where you're in a city of people and you don't know which of these regular people walking by as another assassin that's actually going to try to take you out and you're in factions that you're you know trying to build resources against other groups or something like that It'd be kind of cool where you know you're assassinating each other and trying to protect the royalty from your faction or you know i don't know it'd be kind of yeah. interesting i could see like a battle royale too where like hey there's 20 assassins uh from two different factions in a city uh you guys you know whatever it's 20 on 20 and then if like you're discovered, you get a huge damage debuff to where like you have to stay hidden or else you won't do very much damage to the other guy. And um, yeah, the last man, al last man alive wins. But that'd be really fun where it's an entire thing where you're just trying to hide and then you're trying to watch a crowd and see if you notice anybody that's moving a little differently than everybody else. Mm -hmm. That'd be interesting. That'd be cool. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get into our next thing here. Netflix signs an exclusive deal with Sony Pictures. So... And this is after two years of negotiating and comp competing bids. Netflix has secured the rights to stream Sony films after their theatrical release starting in 2022. What's really important about this, this does not mean that Sony is going straight to Netflix. It means they're going to the theaters and after the theaters, they go to Netflix. So this is kind of returning back to the norms of like 2019, 2018. Uh, Star uh, Stars used to be the home for Sony. All those would go to the Stars Network, but nobody watches Stars. So that's not really doing them much good. With this new deal, we can expect movies like Morbius, Spider-Verse 2, Uncharted, Escape Room 2. Those should all be showing up on uh, Netflix. The other films that are not necessarily confirmed for 2022, but should be close to that is Jumanji 4, Masters of the Universe, Bloodshot 2, and Bad Boys 4. They're actually making another Bad Boys, although the last one did do great. Um, so we, we could start to see things start to roll back. We don't know exactly what the terms of the deal is, but it sounds like, according to Variety, five years and worth hundreds of millions of dollars. It's a really big purchase, around $300 million. Uh, Jonathan, I have a question for you that's really important. Have you finally watched Jumanji? I have not, but I have some time off this week. Maybe I'll try to watch it. If if you want, I can watch it this week, and we can do a review for it before the end of the week. How about that? Let's do this. Ooh, oh, man. Guys, look how we're making content over here all the damn time. The you time. watch it. I'll watch it again, too, because it's just a really good movie. And oh. we'll record a sloop for it for the patrons. There you go. Yeah. Oh, patrons, awesome. there you go. We're going to have a Jumanji one for you. Uh, that'll be good. I'm hope I'm excited for you to watch it. To be honest, it's, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's cool. Daniel, of the upcoming Sony projects, what are you most hyped for? Uh, Venom Two. I had a feeling it was going to be Venom Two. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm very excited for for Venom Two, and especially to see Carnage. Yes. Carnage. Woody Harrelson seen. playing Carnage is such great casting, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we haven't really seen a Carnage. I'm hoping they make Venom 2 really good. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do a good job. I still haven't watched it, but I know from your. I know from your review, I, I, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I loved it. Yeah, Jonathan, are you looking for any? Looking forward to any Sony projects? Uh, well, I do want to see Morbius. That that trailer looks really good. Um, yeah. But then Ghostbusters Afterlife. Did that come out already? Did I miss that, or is, do we not have oh. a date for that? One of the many delays. Matter of fact, this week we got a teaser from that uh, where Paul Rudd comes across a little marshmallow, guys. And it looks, it was adorable. I was laughing the entire time. It's in our Discord on the Geek Feed channel. If you guys want to watch that, it was really, really yeah. good. So looking forward to that, too. Afterlife is a good one. Yeah. I would probably that. 
I, I'm excited for, I'm probably most excited for the Spider-Man, the next Spider-Verse, uh, because that first Spider-Verse movie was the best Spider-Man movie that's ever come out. It's so freaking good. That's probably that one. Does does Sony have its own like platform for watching movies though? Uh, they used that. to, but they just got rid of it. They, what, it was, was part it of the PlayStation. It was part of the PlayStation, but they just announced that they're getting rid of it. Oh, okay, okay. So it sounds like they're kind of just ditching the idea of having a platform. They're just going to be distributing to other platforms instead, and they're not going to bother tying it with their game systems at all. This next thing I'm real excited to talk about: Lavar Burton wants to host Jeopardy. So after the unfortunate passing of Alex Trebek due to prostate cancer at the age of 80, uh, people started thinking about who's going to take on this iconic role. And quickly a petition started for LeVar Burton. You guys must be familiar with him from Reading Rainbow or from Star Trek and uh, Next Generation. It already has 200,000 signatures. And this week it really picked up steam when he just happened to tweet it out. And he's like, I really want this, guys. So everybody, of course, is behind this and, and really hyped up about this. Uh, they've been going through guest speakers or guest hosts. They've used Dr. Oz. Aaron Rodgers was this week. Ken Jennings. Everybody assumed Ken Jennings would actually take the role, but he actually, he doesn't want the role. Um, they haven't really captured that Trebek magic. I mean, I like LeVar Burton. I like all Star Trek, but I don't I don't necessarily think he'd be like the best host. I think he was good in, in uh, Reading Rainbow and the ability to... Because... Uh, what's his name? Alex Trebek wasn't like a, you know, energetic action star kind of thing. He's a comfortable, Definitely very <laughs> soft spoken, uh, you know, keep you in your seat and and keep your attention kind of guy. He's not, you know, a clown doing flips and jumps. So that's what you need is somebody that can speak clear and, and seem like a the wise older man in the room who's educating you on these topics you have no idea about kind of thing. Uh, so I think LeVar Burton's, you know, reading Rainbow Experience kind of has that uh, soothing voice, kind of calming, communicating clearly kind of thing. Uh, but I don't think he would be the best fit. And I have a couple alternatives uh, that I think would be better. One of them, I've mentioned him already earlier in this episode, because uh, I want him and everything. Jonathan Frakes, he did, uh, what was it? Are you, no, Ripley's Believe It or Not, I think. That's right. Oh, Isn't I haven't forgot about that. Yeah, I used to watch that. Yeah. His, his deep voice and his very like, you know, kind of calm, soothing, you know, personality. I think he would be a great one for it, though. I don't know. He's still directing. I don't know if he would want to do anything like this hosting. Um, it, yeah, I'm sure it's a full-time job. Yeah. And maybe that's more like a later kind of ready for retirement, not going to work as much kind of job. Maybe, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and then another one that would be great, but probably also not available and age. I know is a factor for both these guys. Uh, Morgan Freeman. He's got the voice, man. You, Ooh. I would just sit Ooh. there and listen to him talk about all the to topics. Yeah. Uh, so I think the two of them, very calming, soothing, you know, wise old men. I think it'd be great. Great. Does he have a podcast? Because what a great podcasting voice he has. Mm. Oh, or Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's very wise and a little bit younger. That's my list. That's oh, my list. It? Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for him. Yeah. yeah. Now that you mentioned that, he was just on a podcast I listened to uh, the other day, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Smart list? Oh, yeah. 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 I think That's he's was. He was like the second or third episode they had. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a pretty awesome guy. Daniel, are you a Reading Rainbow fan? No. I <gasps> What? Yeah. Oh, you were poor childhood. <laughs> yeah, I've never even seen the film. This 
It's a it's a series that taught you how to read. It was so great. Uh, no, 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 no. Never, never seen it. <laughs> oh, man, that's too bad. Okay, so uh, who would you want to host Jeopardy? Oh, okay, okay. Because I was just going to say, like, I thought Aaron Rodgers did pretty good. I was cool <laughs> with him. And he actually was a big, big fan. He is a big fan of Jeopardy. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was he's... like, I guess, like, people would not call him on Jeopardy days. Because yeah. he had to watch, or that time. Because uh, he had to watch every episode of uh, Jeopardy, and he was actually on the show, and I think I believe one. One uh, of the celebrity events, yeah. And in his defense, he's actually really smart. I know people think like, oh, he's a football player, not smart. No, he's actually very smart. Yeah, he's yeah. from. I think he graduated out of UCLA. I think it was. Uh, but I do want to say, uh, John's uh, pick for Morgan Freeman was a great choice. Great choice. Uh, but if I had to pick somebody, Kevin Conroy. Batman, the voiceover. Ooh, man. Ooh, like, man. think about I just like listening to, to Batman's voice. voice every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, tell him, can you clear your throat, bud? <laughs> uh, I would, definitely him. But then I wouldn't want him to do Jeopardy because I have hopes that he'll do more animated films. Yeah. Or voiceover more animated films. So, Batman Beyond. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then I was thinking uh, Tom Welling, because right now I don't think he has any projects, and uh, I'm down to see Superman, or Smallville. Tom, so, yeah, Smallville, Superman, okay, yeah. Uh, that would be really good, yeah. I think he's kind of out of work right now, and I'd be down for that. I think it, I think he'd be really good at that, actually. It would be smart to put, a, like, Morgan Freeman, while well, I would love to just hear oh, yeah, Morgan Freeman talk more. He's up there in age. We don't necessarily want to replace the Jeopardy host you know, often and not to sound grim, but we need somebody that we could like trust for a little while there. I, I heard um, people were were recommending Betty White because the Golden Girls thing. And it's like, yeah, she's 98 years old. I don't think we want to get her a new full time job. Yeah, that's going to be she's a national much. treasure. We need to just keep her safe in a clean room. Nobody <laughs> bug her right now. Right. Um, really good choices. So I, I have mine on our website. Neil deGrasse Tyson was my number one. No, my number one is LeVar Burton. I really think LeVar Burton kills it, right? Um, but if LeVar Burton says, you know what, actually, I got better things to do. I'm going to make a lot more Star Treks. I'm okay with that. So my next would be Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's the new host of Cosmos. He replaced Carl Sagan. Does a really good job of that. Jonathan, you and I used to watch Cosmos when he first started that up. Uh, he's really good there. He's famous for uh, being the director of the Hayden Planetarium of New York. He has like this really exciting personality about like he's he's excited about knowledge and that's really cool and it gets people hyped for it so he's one of them next andy richter he's the sidekick to conan uh he's fantastic he's actually been on jeopardy and won the celebrity event and just spanked it he was so freaking good now he gives advice to celebrities that are about to be on the event he'll kind of give them like pointers um as a conan uh sidekick too Conan, of all the late night, late night guys, was the one that actually went for the younger audience. He has a whole line of Funko Pops that are out there. So I think he actually brings in those that younger audience that the show really needs to work on. My third choice, and this one, this one's a slam dunk. If they want to win it, Aisha Tyler. She is the voice of uh, Lana Kane from Archer. Uh, she, uh, she now hosts Whose Line Is It Anyways? She's hosts a lot of conventions, San Diego Comic-Con and whatnot. So she'll be really, really good. She's got that that bright personality as well that just brings so much to the role i think i mean i would i would be on board to watch more jeopardy if aisha did it because her personality is just so fun 
LeVar Burton. <laughs> let's get let's get LeVar Burton on there. Uh, you guys could look up the petition to sign to to get him on there, or go to our website. We have the link to it there as well, so you guys can help support. It. It's nearly two hundred thousand. I think it might be there. Uh, hopefully, they get him on. It'd be really cool. Would you be down to see Woody Harrelson as Jeopardy host? It would be fun to watch. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> I don't know how smart Woody Harrelson is. Not to be mean, but. <laughs> I don't know if he's like a real, real whiz kid kind of guy. That's but another he, he thing. would be fun to watch. That's another thing we didn't really consider is, you know, we want to try to keep Jeopardy more or less the same as it is because the fans audience has been watching it for all these years because of what it is. But what if we did get a little bit more of a, a funny host that had yeah. a little more whimsical, you know, banter with the audience? I think yeah. that might be more fun. Yeah, because even Alex in his younger days was a little bit more loosey goosey than he is now, you know. Uh, when he was first starting to hit that mustache, that iconic mustache, that'd be really cool. I think that'd be good. Oh, they could bring Will Ferrell. He plays him on SNL back in the day. Those legendary skits. <laughs> that be, might oh, be too man. much fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, last bit of news before we go out. Uh, E3 2021 uh, is coming June 12th to the 15th. Whoop, whoop. So far, we have confirmation that Xbox and Nintendo will be there. So that's kind of that was a really good sign. We were a little worried, but they're both there. Uh, this, of course, follows up the cancellation from 2022 due to COVID. Uh, we had a bunch of virtual events, most of them underwhelming. We did learn a few cool things about like having the entire cast of something there was really fun. Um, Xboxes, for example, thing last year was just like trailer after trailer after trailer. So that was really cool. So hopefully those get adopted by E3 and they find something new. Uh, we could expect a, punch, a bunch of trailers and teasers. Uh, we at Geek Freaks will re react to all of them. Uh, we're going to be trying to stream all of them. I'm currently working on us becoming co-streamers. We are. We did receive media clearance for them. So we're going to bring you guys uh, news as soon as it's released, as soon as it's available. We're going to be sharing news with you guys from the event. Uh, we're going to be having podcasts for each day of E3, and we're going to be streaming throughout E3, uh, possibly playing video games when they're doing a panel, and we'll do it side-by-side panels who are playing the video game that they're talking about or something like that. We're going to bring you guys as much content as possible. Xbox has a lot to prove this year. What with Halo being delayed, of course, and then they ha they just now got Bethesda. So I think they're going to be really showing things off. I am excited for uh, Konami. Uh, it's yeah. crazy. Konami. Uh, okay. I did. I was uh, upset with Konami, what they did to my boy uh, Kojima. But I am very excited for them because I want to see if they're remaking any of the Metal Gear Solid games mm -hmm. or Silent Hill games. That's what I want here. There's I want a lot hear, of people want Silent Hill, man. Yes, <laughs> That's a big I calling. want them to remake them or make a new one or bring back the Kojima one that they freaking ruined for us. Uh, mm -hmm. That's definitely one big thing I'm excited for. I'm uh, excited to hear about Halo. And then uh, hopefully Elder Scrolls and Bethesda. Definitely that. Yeah. I'd love to get some footage from Elder Scrolls uh, out of like Xbox. That, yeah. I I'm excited the most for anything else. I'm excited for Xbox's panel. We're going to be talking about it like crazy on the podcast. You guys are going to hear about it from us uh, quite a bit. We're going to try to do YouTube videos for the reaction stuff on that too. Still working on the rights for that. So, <laughs> of course, everything's got to be... All the all the documents got to be signed and dotted and stuff like that. But we're gonna try to get you guys as much of that stuff as possible. Jonathan, what are you most hyped to hear about from E3? Uh, so I, I am interested in Microsoft and seeing where they go with buying Bethesda and stuff like that. Um, I want to see. I'm hoping they're 
working on or making. Maybe they've already announced something. I don't know about uh, a new Sea of Thieves. Have Not they said anything about that? Okay. Nope. I think Not that'd be awesome because it's it's a great yeah. game, but you know they've released updates over the years, but it's getting dated. So if they had a whole new one, and that, now that they see there's so much support behind it, I think they could really put some money in it and set it on fire and make a, a huge you know version of it. Um, also, uh, Halo. I know they've they've uh, what released or postponed the release date of it and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be good to see this game, though. I'm. I'm worried, like we've talked about before, I don't want to see them release a bunch of DLCs, a bunch of content that right. they've been working on. They could have released the game earlier, but they decided to wait because they want, you know, pay to play items in the game. Uh, so hopefully not that. But then I'm thinking like if they are going to release a teaser towards their next Halo project, because maybe while the, the Halo conversation is going on, they're like, hey, we got this coming out soon. And then we got this down the pipeline three years out or something like that. It'd be cool to see just a Halo adventure game, not necessarily a shooter, but just like kind oh, of see. a you know open world kind of adventure game in the Halo yeah. world. So uh, more games cool. in and, the Halo universe would be really good in general. Yeah, yeah. And imagine like imagine if you're dropped on a Halo ring back from you know the first couple of games, and you can just explore it and you find stuff. You know, you you actually explore yeah. this huge planet like ring in space. It'd be kind of be pretty dope. Yeah, it'd be fun. And any Minecraft updates, if they want to, yes. you know, the, the more they have, the better. I know we they should just, have they the just... Caves and Cliffs update by then, which is a huge update. Which one? The Caves and Cliffs one, where they redesign the oh. caves and how they yeah, work. Yeah. That should There's... be out by then. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they, you know, have teasers of what's the, what's next to come out of that, though, because they've told us about that a long time ago, and yeah. they've been working on it, and I get that. So hopefully they, they can at least tell us what's next, what's the next year's worth of work going to be put towards kind of thing. It's so hard because speaking of like the caves update and then me and Daniel were talking about, uh, well, we were talking about on stream a lot last night, um, Shadowlands, how bad Shadowlands is doing for World of Warcraft. And it's, you kind of feel bad because a lot of this is due to COVID and how they, the production is slowed down for everything. So updates for games have become much slower. They'll announce them plenty far out, but the follow-up is, is really hard. So for like Shadowlands, game came out, it was hot fire, one of the best launches they've ever had. And now it's the it's the biggest drop off they've ever had in players. Barely anybody's playing that game anymore, and it's so sad for such a great expansion. It's just nobody's there. It's because the updates are being delayed because everybody's working at home still. So it it would be it'll be interesting to see like in a year or two from now what the grand impact of all the delays and stuff is mm-hmm. on the gaming industry and what we see from it. Will will we lose companies over this, and uh, will we lose franchises and stuff? Um, that caves update is huge and they announced it, I think a year ago, once like from the E3 there, it'll be probably about a year since they announced it. Yeah. And I was just thinking, uh, like, well, Minecraft is a good example where everybody creates their own worlds and stuff like that. Or I remember, uh, portals or portals Two. uh, you were able to create your own, your own maps and stuff. I wonder like if in the future we can get to a point where the, the gamers are more involved in that way where they can create their own content for most games. So if you like the new Halo and you want to create a battlefield, you create your own Halo battlefield and you you don't get to keep the content. It's not yours. It's made on their platform. So it gets released to everybody that wants to yep. play on the battlefields you made. And maybe you're going to make the best one that's, you know, makes new, you know, breaking records of, of game sales or something like that. But if you leave those tools out there for the consumers to use, maybe they'll make something better than what, your creators could think of yeah 
some games do do that. So for like, for example, for Minecraft, one thing they're doing now, they just started doing this pretty recently, is they will on their social media spotlight some of the creator creations that you could buy in the store. The creator gets a portion of the sales. Oh, that's cool. So they just, one creator added a mod where you can make uh, planes and one did dragons or whatever. So they, they now spotlight little videos of what that looks like on their social media. Then you go buy it. Of course, Microsoft gets their cut, Mojang their cut, whatever. And then the creator themselves get a cut. So that's kind of cool. It's, it's a way to drive content. A really good example of exactly what you're talking about was back in the day, Warcraft 3. People used that to make what would eventually become Dota. So And, and really the MOBA <laughs> genre with that, um, which eventually the people who made Dota would move on to make League of Legends. And all that's because they made a map on Warcraft 3. And Blizzard was so furious <laughs> that <laughs> such a huge hit was made. I mean, Dota 2 is the biggest game in the world to make such a huge hit on on their their platform and not get any piece of it. So when they remade Warcraft 3, they put a little clause in the in the contract that says anything made on our platform, we own it. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, they're not going to make that mistake again. But yeah, open that up to everything. I mean, I, give me the tools to do whatever I want. I mean, the things I'm doing in satisfactory right now uh mm-hmm. are way beyond what the game looks like at, at the bare minimum. When you when you walk into the world, you don't think of what I'm currently creating there, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's just because you guys gave us the tools to do that. You know, that's very cool. All right, that is it for our news. We're gonna go ahead and go into our book reviews. We're gonna be talking about a publisher this time. You guys know if you're f- uh, familiar with our show. We often like to spotlight indie comic book writers. We'll have them on. We interview them. We talk about them. It's a really cool art, and it, it's welcoming to indie indie artists, but it's a lot of work, and it's really hard to get exposed. Well, we were approached by a really cool publisher called Centrala. They are from Poland, and what's really cool is they take they give indie comic writers and artists the platform, the tools to publish their own work, and make stunning books. And uh, th- I mean, these books are Marvel, DC quality or better. Like if you're talking about like actual hardback books. And so uh, they're a really cool company. We're not getting paid for anything like that for this. Uh, they just offered us a few free books Said, hey, you guys might talk about these books. We were totally on board. And then I started researching their company more on board now. Really cool. So uh, they're based out of Poland, but they just opened up a new office in London. And uh, they do all kinds of signings. If you guys are in Europe, you guys could have buy a book. And then they offer on their website, if you guys go to centrala.org.uk, you can see where a lot of these indie artists are there to do signings. You can go do a signing and get your book signed. And they're just really great books. So uh, check out Centrala, guys. Uh, They are helping support the small guys. And it's really good to help the indie artists. There's unique voices. Uh, There's one called Chernobyl The Zone. I can't wait to get my hands on. uh, That's about, you know, the devastation of Chernobyl and stuff like that, which is which is such a an interesting story. If you guys watch the HBO series, uh, we have three books here. We're going to be talking about, and best of all, at the end, we're going to give away all three books. So you guys get your hands on these exact books. Jonathan, why don't you kick us off with your fir- first book? All right, first book is <laughs> Hungry Hansel and Gluttonous Gretel. I'll show you guys that are watching on uh, online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was a interesting take on Hansel and Gretel. Let me just say that. The story in general and the, the the art reminds me a lot of the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a little little bit uh, creepy. Um, you know, you could see this. It's almost like it's 
for a psychopath kind of thing. Like it's a little uh, scary to to read, but it's it's a good story with a good message. Yeah. It's just a little weird. Does um, it actually have like an uplifting message at the end? No, but no. And then I okay. think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it it has a very different... So I was expecting the traditional Hansel and Gretel story. Right. And, you know, don't go eating gingerbread houses that aren't yours or something like that. Classic uh, it, story. Yeah. It's not It's not like that at all. It has a very unique twist that was surprising. I, I was As I'm reading it, I was like, oh, this is just kind of, kind of, you know, too creepy. Like, I can't read this to my kid. This is just... Right. It's, it's not, not a kid's book like you would think. And then at the end, when you see the twist, you're like... Wow, this is kind of that's that's a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. It seems like a very surface kind of story, but it it takes a hard left. So, uh, okay. should I explain the story or or no? Uh, for that one, go ahead and explain the story on that one. Yeah, because it's okay. it's the smallest of them, so I think it's best that we that one you can go deep on. We'll explain a little bit of the story of all of them, but that one for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, it's pretty much Hansel and Gretel are living at home with their stepmom, and there's no food in the house. They're talking to worms and stuff like that. They're just starving, and uh, you know, stepmom's out of the house. So Gretel goes and finds the keys and she's like, maybe there's something in the cellar. They look in the cellar. Sure enough, there's a bunch of food in there. Uh, you know, their, their stockpile for the winter or whatever. So the kids go down there, eat it all. And it just all at once. And then stepmom gets home, freaks out, says, you guys are, you know, terrible ingrates, kicks them out of the house. And, uh, so they go wandering off into the woods and they're like, why haven't we done this before? The woods are full of food. They just start eating plants and stuff like that. And they're having a merry old time. Um, then they, they, uh, Hansel, Han, yeah, Hansel gets, uh, sick and throws up a little bit, whatever. And then some, they, they see the, uh, candy house and they start eating it. And a lady comes out, Hey, what are you doing eating my house? She invites him in. And shortly after she tries to catch him, throw him in the oven. She's like, oh, I'm going to feed you guys, you know, right after I cook one of you. And so <laughs> throws Hansel in an oven. And, and closes the door. Uh, Gretel runs away, gets downstairs uh, into the basement where she finds a bunch of skulls and skeletons, and she could hear her brother burning and dying and crying through the vents. It's kind of kind of sad, kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. And and you think like, oh, this can't. He's, he must be. You know, he's going to escape or something like that. Well, then she finds an axe. She goes back upstairs, and uh, the witch had taken her brother out of the oven after he's cooked, put him on the table, and she's eating him. Uh, so uh, Gretel comes up behind her, chops her head off with the axe and blood everywhere and stuff like that. She cuts open the witch and finds in her stomach a bunch of worms. It's like, that's kind of, she she was confused by that. And then she starts throwing up all over the ground. Then the worms on the ground as she throws up reveal to her that uh, her brother wasn't there, that she, uh, ate, they both ate mushrooms in the forest. And her brother died eating the mushrooms in the forest. She had a major trip and ended up wandering back to the house. So then you see that <laughs> that uh, the witch that that she encountered wasn't a witch. It was her stepmom. That house was their house. She went back inside. She, you know, killed her step <laughs> her stepmom. Oh, and, freaking and, epic! Yeah, after this major trip and stuff like that. And so you think like, oh man, she's gonna be totally twisted, like totally. Um, you know, go go crazy about this or something like that. And she's like, "Oh wait, there's still the cake that that she had promised, right?" And sure enough, because uh, yeah, earlier the stepmom said, "I'm gonna eat the cake without you guys" or something. Like that. Uh, mm -hmm. so she sits down at the table. She's about to eat the cake, and then she sees the head laying on the ground. And she's like, "Wait a minute!" She goes and picks up her stepmom's head, sets it on the table next to her, and then she just eats the entire cake herself. 
Um, and that's it. <laughs> so a little Such bit a of a twisted story. ending, very different than I expected. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. I mean, I can't say it wasn't, I mean, I can't say it wasn't good. I totally didn't expect it to end like that. So yeah. What a, what a funny. crazy ending there. Uh, <laughs> and not only was it a good story, but, uh, it's hard to explain on the podcast why you guys, I'm excited to give these away. What, how would you compare that art? That art is so unique. It is. And there, I can't remember now. There was something mainstream that I was like, oh yeah, this reminds me of that one show or that one book, but I can't remember what it is now. And as I look at the pictures, I'm like, it's something on Adult Swim, I believe. Yeah. It kind of has something like that. Maybe like graffiti almost. Sometimes it feels like it's like graffiti. It's so bright and colorful and eye-catching and very unique. Yeah, and you know, a little like the courage and the cowardly dog, or yeah, uh, what was there was a my god, I'm just terrible. I'm sure if I, if I had written it down in notes, maybe that would have been great, but <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very kind of simple, but a little bit like exaggerated is what it is, exaggerated art style. Yeah, and so it's the kind of stuff that you know, if you wanted to and tried, you could learn how to draw these characters and get you know comfortable with them. You'd make your own uh, comic book, but it's yeah, very. Very unique, very interesting, though a little bit crazy story. Man, um, but it, was, it was a fun read. I was surprised by it, definitely. All right. Uh, I'm going to be uh, going over mine. I'm not going to go over the full story for the next two. We're not going to do that but um, because we want to make sure that there are some twists and turns. That was the shortest story, and man, what a crazy story it was. Um, <laughs> mine is Eric the Red, King of Winter. This is done by Soren Mosdal. He's an author out of – he's a Danish author. Um so it's a really interesting story. And uh, first off, the art for this thing, like it is kind of Metalocalypse, actually, sp speaking of Adult Swim. It's sort of Metalocalypse, uh, very dark tones, uh, so much landscape. This is a very fast read because it is, it's almost like there are more images than you'd expect. Or it's, you could probably read this like 120 page book in an hour, realistically. Mm -hmm. It's a very fast read. Uh, I enjoyed it so much. I would sit there and just like look at these images and just like, man, what a cool because this place, this thing takes place in Greenland. I don't have my book with me. I have, I left it in the, in the living room. Um, but yeah, really good. So Eric the Red, he's he left his home in 1982. He's now uh, in Greenland, which is like a, a tundra type uh, landscape. It's it's very cold and docilous. Uh, he's now the king of of this area. His he has he has a few sons. Uh, Three, I think, in the beginning of the book that I'm remembering. Um, he has three sons, and one of them comes back from a journey, uh, and uh, with this guy named Leaf, and they end up having to bring in a priest. So they go to see a king, and he they have to bring back a priest with them. So Eric, who is of the old gods, right, Thor and and Odin and whatnot, their son gets converted to Christianity. They bring back a priest, and the deal is because the king, their king, basically, like you know, there's like a jarl and then a jarl above that that guy saying you guys have to bring this priest over there for a while and he's starting to see that people are slowly being uh, converted to christianity and he's not on board with it but he's like well i've got to make my wife happy who now wants me to build a church if you like vikings like while i was reading this uh, scott one of the uh, one of our moderators he's a big vikings fan big histories fan and i was like man this thing is for him uh hopefully you guys uh check this out this is eric the red by soren mosdal of course this is one of them we're also gonna be giving away it's a thick one. This is our biggest book. Real big tabletop. Like this is kind of those coffee table comic books. And it's like, man, it's such a good read. Uh, paneling and everything like that. Really well done. I, I can't say enough about this. This is really a lot of fun. 
was was this story all based in in history or was it like a fiction? Was it? Kind I think of... I think it's using characters from history but telling a fiction story. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So you're talking about Eric and a guy named Leaf. Was was Eric his father? Uh, no, actually, Leaf was just like working for him, and and Eric yeah. is like the king of the area, and Leaf was just one of the guys that are working for him. I thought maybe we just discovered where Leaf Erickson came from because he was Leaf right? Eric's son. And I could be wrong about that, right? But I, I think Leaf was a very common name for, amongst the Vikings, amongst you know like the Danish type. Yeah, they're um, not very creative. They just kind of look around like I'm gonna name the first kid Branch and the second kid Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if it was uh, named that way. <laughs> and there's an Eric. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the short one Stump. Sorry, bud. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, that would have been cool. No, it's. I think it's mostly fictional, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, what a what a boy! What a good story. I, I mean, definitely this stuff happened. Like it definitely happened, you know, with Christianity coming to Greenland and stuff like that. But it was just really cool the way they told it. All right, uh, this last one I read some of it and you read some of it. What's the name of it again? Yeah, it's uh, Amazing Athletes: Fifty Remarkable Athletes of History by Till Luckett, the cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a good a good little book. Not for what I thought. I was thinking it's going to be like you know a history book and be real detailed and stuff. They're amazing little short nuggets, tiny, brief yeah. paragraph stories, very well illustrated. So I actually read these stories to my son. This is perfect, like bedtime I stories. Thought this, <laughs> I thought this would be perfect for that, dude. Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll hold it up so people can see that are watching. Yeah. But this has great, great uh, characters in it from you know a lot of people that I recognize. I'm not yeah. an, an athletics fan at all, as you could tell by my figure. <laughs> but just by checking it out, I was reading through a lot of them and I'm like, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy. I haven't met him, but you know, it's been a while since we caught up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I noticed it's all in uh, chronological order. So it starts in ancient Greece and then ends up in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, but if you guys want to see, there's one uh, yeah. Francisco Lazaro was a Portuguese uh, athlete. Who... That guy was very interesting. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a good story. Yeah. He co- covered well, himself. Well, it's, go ahead. Well, I wanted to. He, well, well, yeah. He covered himself in wax, trying yeah. to stay cool. Yeah, and, and he it died actually, because of it. <laughs> yeah, and like, was it plugged his pores or stopped him from? It yeah, made a pH balance or sodium balance imbalance or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. He died. Like that's. It's great to highlight the really smart Portuguese guys <laughs> we have in, in sports, but. <laughs> but yeah, there's. Um, I want to make sure to highlight the format. I think that's really important. So for every page, mm-hmm. when you're looking at the book, if you're opening up a page. On yeah. the left side, you have a uh, full color detail art of, of of the of the character. On the right side, you have a paragraph about the person. That's a real quick rundown, and then you mm-hmm. have a comic book strip, a comic strip above that. Yeah. And oftentimes, the comic strip actually has the more important information. Yeah. <laughs> and what I really liked was I felt like this was a really good way to just dip the toes into comic book reading for for the kids while you're reading to them at night. Mm-hmm. So I really kind of felt that that was that was a good intro. Yeah. Uh, was there any particular stories that you really liked? So I just just so people you know know these are these are names they'll recognize. Tiger Woods is in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Tyson, uh, Michael Jordan. Um, let's see, Bruce Lee was yeah. One. I thought that was that's a good cool. one. Bruce Lee's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that I liked. Uh, just a, I mean a lot of really commonly known names. Uh, O.J. Simpson is in here. I thought that was kind of funny, but they they don't go much into his sports. Like yeah, he was he was great great in sports, but he was also you know. Uh, what do you call it? Arrested or or went through the trial yeah. or whatever for his went for the Bronco ride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, obviously, you can't get in depth about the character in just a paragraph, so they're all very yeah. brief. 
Muhammad Ali's in here. But yeah, it's it's really cool just to get a little snippet of somebody and like I was saying, it's a really good bedtime story kind of you know material. And for all the names you recognize, like Jonathan saying that there's a bunch of names you don't recognize too. Mm-hmm. I, I I fortunately can't remember, but the one that invented the Olympics. Like that oh, was just yeah. a really interesting story that kind of was like, oh, I never knew I never knew that that guy existed. Like, of course, somebody had to like say, hey, this is what the Olympics are going to be. Yeah. Um, and there was just like some of the people that were like kind of mundane, m- mundane or whatever, mm-hmm. but had a huge impact on sports and stuff like that. It was cool to hear their story just a little bit, just so that their name lasts a little longer. Uh, it was really cool. It was a neat, a neat book. I think. Yeah. And there's 113 pages. So I think. So yeah, you could say there's probably, cause some of them are double page. So it's probably, or I mean, they're all, yeah, they're all double page. So there's right. probably around 50 or so. Um, yeah. 50 to 55 different people in there so it's yeah definitely. i think on the front it says 50 right the oh cover. duh duh <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like i'm trying to like oh there's some that are you know yeah two guys on one page let me bust out the calculator on this thing <laughs> <laughs> right i'm gonna go page by page and count give me a minute <laughs> so what we're gonna do is we're gonna give away two of these books on uh, through our twitter and then one of them is gonna be to our patrons um so uh what we'll do is if you guys pay attention to our Twitter account, we'll do that post that we do that's like, hey, giveaway time, and we'll do a picture. I think we'll do the sports one and um Hansel and Gretel for Twitter. We'll do Eric the Red for for our patron. Uh just because Eric the Red is gonna be a little bit more shipping. <laughs> that is a thick book. Um, uh, but we really want to thank uh Centrala for giving us a chance to to read these books. What a really cool company that's giving a shot to indie indie uh writers. Um so many great indie comic books out there, guys. Head to your local comic book shop. Check out what's there. Don't necessarily get what says Image, Marvel, or DC on the cover. Try to go deeper. These guys are working hard, and they have to do a lot of the work themselves. So it's really cool. And, uh, you know, again, props to Centrala for giving them a voice. And the the great content that you love from Marvel and DC and Image, that wouldn't be there if, if somebody didn't give a chance to an indie artist or somebody, you know, starting from the ground up. You know, it took, took years of refining it, but... Yeah, you know, we we want to see that fresh, unique, unseen content. So yeah, we got to try to support these creative artists. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, somebody get, had to give a shot to Stan Lee and Jack Kirby at one point, and thank God they did. Now we're going to be talking about the new Netflix show called Thunder Force. A Netflix movie, right? Movie, yes. All right. Why don't you break it down for us, John? All right. So uh, this is um, starring Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer. Uh, so this is a really good movie. It's, it's uh, let me kind of explain the concept of the movie. There's a world with mutants in it. There's some some space, spatial anomaly. A uh, bunch of people got mutant powers, but it only affected people who are predisposed to be sociopaths. So pretty much mutants came to earth and it was only bad people, only villains. Uh, so which, you know, is a really cool concept because we always see uh, like in X-Men, especially we see the, we see the good and the bad in them, but we often see the, the side of the X-Men are good people, good mutants uh, trying to protect everybody. And there's always or often a politician or a government force that's trying to exterminate the mutants yeah. or control them or whatever, regulate Senator them. Senator Kelly and in the X-Men comic books is always trying to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Exactly. So this is the flip side where you see humanity trying to survive this mutant invasion and 
from their perspective, at least from the way this movie is made, uh, they're all bad because it's all psychopath sociopaths right. uh, who just want to kill people. Um, so young girl's parents uh, die when she's just you know tiny, and they were they were uh, uh, gene gene doctors, genetic geneticists, Gen- yeah, it. genesis, yeah. <laughs> gene doctors, yeah, you know, classic gene doctors. Yeah, they make dockers and other genes. <laughs> oh, no, that was good. All right, that was really good. <laughs> I try, I try. I had that one loaded. <laughs> no. uh, so uh, her parents pass away, and she's like, you know what? I'm, from now on, she's really smart, by the way. From now on, I'm dedicating my life to their research in, in genetics to find a way to uh, fight these uh, uh, Cretans cre- or something like that. The, the mutants. Um and so she dedicates her life to it. Her, uh, as a young kid, her, that's um, Octavia? Spencer. Spencer, there you go. <laughs> her and uh, Melissa McCarthy's character are best friends as kids. And then it kind of shows them growing up. They kind of have a, a falling out and then getting back together. Uh, she she does succeed in, in finding a way to fight these uh, mutants. And then they, you know, team up, work together to create the Thunder Force where they're going to go fight them and try to take him down and bring kind of a Batman like justice to the, to the city. Um, but it was a really fun movie overall. I, I thought I, I started watching it on my phone at work on my lunch break and <laughs> I probably look like an idiot cause I'm just busting up laughing in the break room at lunch with my headphones and nobody knows what I'm watching. Yeah. Um, so there's several just straight laugh out loud scenes, which is totally to be expected with a Melissa McCarthy movie. She's is, just, is it basically a comedy? Or is it more treated uh, like an action film? It's a little of both. Okay, um, so like a Men in Black kind of thing, then. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. It's it's got the action. It, they do really good with the uh, production quality and stuff. It's not like real real cheap and nothing like that. Uh, it's well structured, well made. It's just it, they do have a lot of or not a lot, but they pepper in some really funny scenes. But I don't think the funny scenes necessarily take away from the dramatic scenes. Yeah. Except for maybe one, you know, when you watch it, you'll recognize one that's kind of like, oh, that was probably not necessary. But mm-hmm. um, for the most part, it's a really good movie. By the trailers, I didn't think that there was a lot of people's superpowers. Like, I didn't think about the whole mutant thing. From the trailers, it looks like it's just, uh, you know, these two that find superpowers kind of thing. And that's one thing that they 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 don't open up on too much. In the intro, when it explains how the, the uh, spatial anomaly created this and stuff... It said it was, you know, I don't remember the number, but a lot of people on the planet got affected that developed this ability, these abilities. Uh, but it was only people who have this genetic predisposition to be psychopath or to be uh, sociopaths. Yeah. So it makes you think like, OK, there's, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people out there with these powers. But we only meet, uh, I think, three of them okay. in the in the show, so in the movie. Uh, but it kind of leaves it open to the point that there could be more movies. I kind of think that'd be really cool if they develop this more. We've never yeah. had an action superhero movie that's also kind of a comedy, you know, uh, in a reoccurring movie at least. Yeah. Uh, so I think it'd be kind of cool to see sequels, but I don't know if that's, I don't think that's probably in their, in their docket or not. I got to watch this tonight, man. This sounds really good. What would you grade this? Uh, I'd say, I'd say like a 8.5. If they if they took my so notes B. and had Le- Leslie Jones, it would be yeah, it would be like a a nine point five or nine point eight, I think. <laughs> yeah, because the the writing was pretty good. Uh, yeah. There was a couple minor scenes I would tweak, but yeah, I think it was overall a very good family friendly fun movie. So solid B, fun to watch. Ah, I'm mm-hmm. definitely checking it out. It sounds really fun. 
good. Yeah. And there's especially if, if a movie can get me just straight up laughing out loud at scenes in between you know, every once in a while, then it's a good movie. You, if if you're having a legit, you know, I can't control myself, can't stop laughing, then yeah, there's something good there. Okay, that's going to be it for us this week, guys. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us as we go over the news and talk about some really cool comics. Uh, we will be streaming all week long. We have Satisfactory and God of War are our main streams. On Friday, we're streaming the next session of D&D after our long break. Uh, but we're coming back, so that's real exciting. And then, of course, we have um, Sloop coming out on Friday where we're talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, which has been so good. We've only got two more episodes of that. Boy, what a really good show. Uh, we go deep on it and what like things could be meaning. Oh, yeah. Uh, really good. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. You'll have a good week and uh, stay safe. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week.